Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. This is our first interview in a few months, and we're super excited. I am Tumbles and Cranky. I'm looking at the screen for the first time in a long time. Hello, Crank. Yeah, we are back to our normal interview style, which means virtual. I haven't been on a Zoom in three months. It's been great. But we are putting up with the virtual because we have an awesome guest today, Sean from Total Catskills. That's his Instagram handle. Sean is an avid hiker specializing in the Catskills and upstate New York. He's got an amazing Instagram handle with a wealth of knowledge on current Catskills conditions, history of the region, and some freaking awesome memes hello sir welcome <laughs> hey thanks for having me nice to be here oh awesome nice. yeah your instagram is so beautifully curated you have a, a good mix of selfies and landscape and memes and info highly recommend sean's instagram i'm trying to do more selfies I, i'm a little shy on there so I'm trying, <laughs> to get, I'm trying to get my face on there a little more yeah it's good to put a face with a name yeah yeah it is yeah yeah, if you look at our Instagram, because we don't like to reveal ourselves, it's if you see either of us, it's usually my back from really far away. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, your Instagram is absolutely fantastic. I was just looking at it. You have a meme that you put up today, fall hikers emerging upon the death of summer. Um, right. Yes. With this snooty vampires. Yes, absolutely yeah. hilarious. It's funny that we actually not got because there's a lot of people who love the summer hikes, but I mean, I love them too, but I really like the fall and the winter. And it's, it's like, it's pulled a lot of people out of the woodwork to go, yeah, yeah, me too. So it's a nice kind of community building feeling of like finding your people on there. It's a big part of Instagram that I really like where you're meeting your people and you're finding what kinds of um, hikes that you like and what kinds of seasons you like to hike in and who those people are. And it's a great way to meet people. It's, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, over the past couple of seasons, we have both found out that we like winter hiking a lot more right. than summer hiking. Right, and, right. And to, to battle the elements adds that level of um, danger that yep. <laughs> you don't get in the summer. You might die. You might die. Hey. Right. And that makes I it like more that. fun. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, I, I guess we're your people then because we have realized – Starting last season, I guess, maybe the season before, there is no hiking season for us. We just don't stop. We go right. year-round. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I, I, I had no idea that even winter hiking was, like, even a thing that people would do. It would never occur to me to do it. And I just slowly got into it. And it's the best. It's just it's crazy beautiful. And um, it, the challenge part of it is great. I, you know... It's just been, it's an amazing addition to, I thought hiking would sort of wrap up in the winter, but no, it's the best season to go hiking. Absolutely. Well, my question is, we're starting with the questions. What snowshoes do you have? Uh, I got two pairs. I'm looking at them right now. I got two (laughs) pairs. They're both MSRs. One is an older pair. Okay. And if you're just thinking of getting into hiking, it's actually a good idea to maybe get an older, cheaper pair. Like you don't have to buy the latest, greatest, fantastic ones, which I also now own, which is the MSR Ascents, I guess. They're, they're the good ones with their little heel lift on them. They're really cool. And that heel lift really does help an awful lot. Like it really, on those steep sections, it really does make a difference. But for a couple of years, I just had the basic, you know, um, which are, and snowshoes now are amazing. I got into hiking and camping, you know, after 
no real interest in it at all before. And so you know, I remember having tents and stuff when I was a kid, like uh, just terrible old in the 70s, 80s kind of tents, you know, real heavy and nasty smelling. And so now to get into hiking and camping now with all the gear we have, this is a great time to get into it because the gear is like, it's like science fiction futuristic and it's like super light and it doesn't break and uh, it doesn't stink. <laughs> and um, and it's just like it's a, like putting up a tent in the in the in, in modern times as opposed to the seventies is just a whole different. You can put up a tent now in like three minutes. It's crazy. You know? <laughs> well, we were when we went to see Metallica up in Boston. Nice oh, God, crank. <laughs> we stayed at a campsite, cheapest thing yeah. to do, and yeah. crank brought his old tent from how many years ago, and. Okay. <laughs> How it's many college-educated people did it take to try to put up this fucking thing? Oh, I really? swear. <laughs> right. Brought my ultralight out west with us, and boom, three minutes, and it was up. But the right. other one, forget about it. <laughs> right, right. Plus, they're so light, you can throw them on your back, and it's just amazing, you know? Yeah. And, and plus, the, just the winter gear now is crazy good, and so you really can do, I, I guess it's the Swedes that say there's no bad weather, there's just bad gear. And yeah. so it's like really true that you can go out and, and really have an amazing experience winter hiking and, you know, not die, which is also great. That, that it is. <laughs> That's a big win. <laughs> what you were saying about the heel lift, absolutely, 100%. I have yeah. a pair of tubs. Um, when did we start yeah. snowshoeing? Two seasons ago? Two or three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I did what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. I did not get the cheap pair first. I went all in head first got the most expensive tubs that i could find fortunately it worked out but yeah. that heel lift is absolutely essential yeah 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 it's great i don't have the heel lift and i feel it <laughs> yeah 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 I, you know i did a really steep one the wasn't we had sort of a light snow uh situation this last winter i'm hoping for more snow this this year but uh i did a super steep hike with a friend um up the side of panther mountain in the catskills and oh man it was so steep but but i don't know how i would have done it without like not having the heel lift it was really a huge uh a huge help was it the normal route of panther or was it going up no oh it was the other side it was up up a side ridge we we had special permission um to go up from menla Mm -hmm. uh, and um so it's just incredibly there's a uh, i guess it's it must be a, an eastern ridge of Panther that you go up, and it's just crazy steep the whole way, and it's uh, it's super fun. Uh, but but yeah, ex- ex- one of those hikes where it's as exhausting coming down as it is going up because it's just so steep and it kills your knees. You know? Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. This has been an awesome conversation so far. But um, when did you first become interested in hiking? What is your hiking resume? Uh, that's a fancy word to, to uh, throw at what I do. But um, uh, I remember having happy memories, I guess, of hiking because I grew up in Ireland. I'm Irish, so I grew up in Ireland until about, uh, I was born in 1970. I grew up there. I stayed there until I was in 1996. So first 25, 26 years, I was like an Irish boy. And I have happy memories of being in the mountains with my, my mom and my brother and my dad. But it didn't really, we, didn't, we weren't hikers. They weren't like outdoorsy people. I had no background in that at all. And then I came to the States. I lived in New York City for a while. And then I moved up to the Catskills, but had no idea where I was living. So I was living in the Catskills for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years before, maybe longer, before um, 
I went, oh, I should go check these mountains out. And, do, and I was just bored one summer. I just was like, uh, I need to get out of the house. I, I can't be in the house because I'm a real stay-at-home person. Unless I'm hiking, I'm like, I do nothing all week. Like my, my, I think I put up a, um, a chart recently. It was like your steps during the week. And my steps during the week are like nothing all week long. And then on Saturday, it's like 30,000 steps on Saturday. It's bananas. You know? So I'm like that. So I, 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 uh, I just Googled like where to hike in the Cascals and um, – found this link to the devil's path and i was like well that sounds lovely and uh so you know i, I just went on that with my drag my daughter we made all the rookie mistakes we, we had no clue we had all the wrong gear i was wearing denim i had no map i had oh, no, no compass i had no just nothing right what and, season uh, if every single mistake you can make i had no idea how to hike so i just was like let's go do that you know and was it summertime with your denim? I hope not. Or was it? Yeah, it was definitely. I was, wearing, I was wearing like Converse. Uh, oh. you know, just the absolute oh. every dangerous thing. Damn. You can do. I Did racked you? up the complete bingo card. I had them all done. <laughs> Did you finish right. it though? No, I didn't because oh. we weren't able to because it was so hard because I didn't have yep. like mountain legs yet. And mm -hmm. it's not that big a mountain. It's, like, it's a, now it's to me, it's a walk in the park. But like uh, back then it was really, really uh just too hard to do so mm -hmm. i was with my daughter i wasn't like the, gonna try to be the pushy dad going come on you can do it i wasn't that <laughs> guy so i was just like okay let's have a good time but turn around when we feel tired so that's what we did and what side did you go up we went up the wrong way we went up straight up um instead of taking the nice route along the bottom and then going up by the chimney and going over the top and down the difficult side towards jimmy dolan notch at the end that's like the smart way to do it we went right up Jimmy Dolan Notch, which is just so steep, and uh, and you know I didn't I don't think we even made it to the call. Like it was really we were oh just, wow yeah, and so because I've been a couch potato for so long, and I just didn't have any you know even though I've been a runner before, mm -hmm. uh, I just didn't have mountain legs, and um, so then a couple of weeks later, uh, I decided I got to beat this mountain. You know I got to go back. So then I started researching. You know, what you should have on a hike and how to do it properly and bring a map, you idiot, and stuff, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? So I started to get into it then very slowly, but it really wasn't until 2019 where I was like, oh, there's this list you can do, the Catskill 3500 list, and I discovered that, which seems very intimidating in the beginning. You're like, how can I ever hike all those mountains? And, um, and then I just started chipping away at it, and I got real serious about it in 2019. So right in time for pandemic, and so I'm sure... Just, yeah, I got a lot done yeah, before, uh, before the pandemic oh, hit. Yeah. Okay. And of course, then it was an amazing mental health saver during the yep. pandemic. <clears throat> wow. So since you mentioned Devil's Path, let's skip around on our outline a little bit. So <laughs> Devil's Path, I'm sure most of our listeners know, if you look at any YouTube list or any article, the most dangerous trails in america devil's yeah. path tumbles is rolling her eyes and i agree devil's path is usually in the top five most dangerous trails in north america <laughs> yeah. um what do you think as i say with dripping sarcasm <laughs> what do you think of that reputation for devil's path what are your thoughts is it overstated go for it Okay, so so I'm like a Catskills guy, right? So I've done most of my hiking in the Catskills. I've done some hikes in the Adirondacks. I'm working on my 46 list. I haven't hiked in Vermont yet. I hope to do that soon. And I haven't hiked those really gnarly hills in New Hampshire, which I, I hear are just really, really uh, grim and gruesome, right? So um, so I, I only have to compare it to what um, I find in the Catskills and what I've, some of the harder hikes I've done in the Adirondacks. And 
I don't know if it's the most dangerous, but it's definitely tough. It's definitely a hard. It certainly beat me when I first tried it. And um, now I can probably string together. I could probably do the eastern half. I could probably do the first four, which is Indian Head, Twin, Sugarloaf, and Plateau. I could probably bang those out in a day. But there's people who do that. In, they do the whole thing, which is 25, 26 miles. They do the whole thing in a day. They do it, they do it as an ultra. They, they, do it, they run it now. So the yep. game is really, really up there. I don't, is under, it dangerous? I don't understand how they do that. In a day. I, it's really amazing. It's such an amazing feat. Um, uh, uh, but but it, it's definitely places where you can get hurt there for sure. And if you're not experienced, if you're not if you're not um, physically fit, you really need to make sure you're not biting off more than you can chew and have a bailout point and those kinds of things. I haven't heard of too many. I don't think I've heard of any fatalities on the on the Devil's Path. And so I don't know. You know, it's definitely super tough. I think still, like they, you know, to bang out some of those hills. It's, but it's also like the Adirondacks. You know, to to get the same kind of elevation and and um, and technical difficulty as say one Adirondack mountain, one of the tougher Adirondack mountains, you might have to string together two or three Catskills to get yep. the same just overall elevation for a day. You know, but, but that's that's the kind of I don't want to underest I don't want to underplay how difficult the Devil's Path might be, especially for someone who's just getting into hiking. I think it, you definitely want to do your research and make sure you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Of course, the big problem with the Devil's Path is there's no water there right now, right? So you can't you can't refill um, if you do run out of water. That's a, that can be a big problem for people. Yes, I think you touched on it. I think that's why it gets its reputation because people do because there's nothing in there above 35, 3600 feet. So people underestimate it and then you, you're in this very technical trail that's 25 miles long. So I think that's probably why. And if you do it at the wrong season, like even in May, there's icy patches yeah. and the air is cold. So if you slip and you break something you know you could definitely have trouble yeah 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 so i've turned people around there who are not well prepared i've, I've i'm not in an obnoxious way but i've suggested <laughs> i've suggested very gently to them that they maybe want to rethink their route because they're just not ready to get up there in the ice and there i've seen them in there doing what i did which is like to get up there in sneakers and converse uh stuff and they're not ready for the amount of ice that you get up there it's and especially coming down you know, coming down is always like going up is difficult. Coming down is dangerous, but especially in ice, right? So you need to be super, super careful when you go up there. I guess anything can be dangerous right. if you're not prepared. Right. So right. So is it really dangerous, or are you just not prepared enough? <laughs> yeah. 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 But also, I think the, one of the things about the Devil's Path is it's kind of arranged in a big long line, right? So you can't you can't do too many loops there. Like there's a couple of short loops you can do. But if you want to, you've got to do cars on either end. And if you get stuck, what happens if you get injured in the middle of that? Like, it, it does require a bit of thought and planning, I think, to get into it. Yeah, we did it in two days. We uh, camped right in the middle at the campground, and then we did yeah. the second half the next day. Yeah, that's such a great point, that, that, that campground there. But it's also, I, for me, I don't know how anything <laughs> carries on. Once they get over those first four mountains, like, just it's such a psychological, like, do I carry on with this hike? Or, man, there's some great restaurants down the street I could go to. <laughs> yes. That's the part for me, the psychological hump of like, oh, Christ, now i got to go do like, you know, Plateau and Hunter and Southwest Hunter. And, you know, you got to do all that stuff if you want to do that. Um, getting that second half done must be so hard to get going on that. Especially that uphill going up Hunter. Oof. Oh, that's Oof. brutal. Yeah, yeah. Really steep. After those four mountains, yeah, you, you, yeah, that's a big deal. 
Well, that that was us. We we had dinner at the campground. I was like, "You want to go for ice cream in town? It's just yeah, right yeah, down yeah. the road. <laughs> Worth it." Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um. So, can you talk a little bit about the region itself? Like, how big is the park? It's obviously not as big as the Adirondacks. And a little bit about the history um, of the Adirondacks region. Of the sorry. Catskills region. Right. We had a another Catskills guest, and I made the mistake of saying it was kind of second tier to the Adirondacks, and, and that was not the best way to start an interview. <laughs> I, I just did it okay. again. Right. Uh, you know, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember how big it is. It's about... It looks like it's about a quarter or a fifth the size of the Adirondacks, right? So it's not a huge area. And it's also, it's different in a couple of ways. One is that you can't really, you know, get lost in the Catskills. If you get lost in the Catskills, say it happens, you can just walk downhill and you're going to run into a house or a home or a road or a stream. You're going to hit something very, very, within a matter of an hour or two, you're going to probably hit something that you can get your way back to civilization. Whereas in the Adirondacks, you could just get lost in there and just not yep. be found, you know. So it's a huge, huge, vast area of the Adirondacks. I have heard people say who are really experienced Adirondacks hikers that when they come down to the Catskills, of course, the mountains are much lower and they're less hard in many in, in many cases. But the bushwhack uh, hikes are, in fact, way harder than anything you do in the Adirondacks because they're still, I think it's kind of on the edge now, but they're still true bushwhacks. So particularly, say, around Rocky and Lone, you're really out there with um, your map and your compass or your phone, if that's what you're using, um, to find your way back and forth. The herd, there's a strong herd path now between Table and Lone. It's pretty easy to follow. But once you get over Lone and you start heading towards Rocky, that trail, the, the herd path really runs out very, very quickly, and you better know what you're doing in there. Hmm. And, of course, coming down from the other side, from Balsam Cap down to uh, Rocky, uh, that's a really gnarly, tough, um, dense, scrapey, stabby uh, um uh, hike to do so you also have to be very prepared for that so I think that part can be a little a little harder a little tougher for people mm. yeah. and of course the, the height of a mountain doesn't tell you anything right the height of a mountain doesn't tell you how beautiful it is or how hard it is or how rugged it is or how scenic it is it doesn't tell you anything useful so you know like Rocky is the lowest of the high peaks in the Catskills is like below 3,500 feet but it's like the hardest mountain to even get to uh, and it's a tough mountain to climb uh, where a slide mountain is um, the tallest mountain, but it's like it's like a walking slide. Park. Is yeah, so it's awesome. Ninety minutes, yes. you just walk right up there. Right? Yeah. So. Yep. That was one of our first uh, winter snowshoe hikes. Mm -hmm. the yeah. Slide, yeah. 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 It was a really good introduction to um, winter hiking. But you are absolutely right about those bushwhacks. We have turned around. Well, it was the dead of winter, but we've turned around on one of those bushwhacks. Um, and then what was the one that we actually finished? Tumbles? I was thinking to myself, I, I remember what it looked like, but I don't remember the peak. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we got through it, but it was a little bit tricky. And I guess that's because more people do the bushwhacks in the Adirondacks. So the herd paths are more obvious. Defined, yeah, yeah, totally. But there's also a lot of like wrong turns you can take in the Adirondacks, right? There's all these like little trails off to the side that turn into nothing in the Adirondacks. <laughs> like you're, you're like, who That's went down true. here to find that there's nothing down here? But then, then the next person follows that as well. And all of a sudden <laughs> you've got a path to nowhere. You know, it's like, so that happens. You also don't have to be able to navigate, 
you know, very well uh, in the Adirondacks, even though the herd paths are very easy to follow, I think. So far, they have been for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, we've had no trouble as of yet in the Adirondacks. Right. Right. But um, also with the cat skills that the Adirondacks don't have is that you have to actually call some landowners to actually cross their property in the cat skills. Yeah, that's true. Right. If you with some of those peaks, I don't think you have to do that. You used to have to do it for Double Top and Graham, but they've taken those those off the um, off the lists now. So oh. they're like close to the public. And there's lots of lower peaks, which is the whole thing about lists is they're kind of crazy because they all tend to be arranged by heights right Mm -hmm. but like there's so many great hikes below the high peaks that are just like if you're only doing the high peaks you're totally missing out on so many great hikes in the Catskills. and then some of them do require you to call like a private landowner and then say hello and say is it okay if i walk on your land and you know i mean you do gotta yeah that's the thing it must be such a pain for the owners oh god they seem apparently apparently they seem cool with it you know okay you know, they're used to it or something, or there's enough of a culture here that they go, okay, this is the person walking on the property, and then they just, as long as you get clearance, you're okay. Hmm. But I think finding that information, I don't I haven't done it, so I don't know, but finding landowner information and calling them up and, you know, maybe just driving by their house like a psycho and saying, you know, hey, I want to hike your property now, you know, like that's probably not the way to do it. You know, you probably probably should call ahead. Yes, call. Do not knock at knock yeah. their door, okay? <laughs> all, you, all your gear on, you know, like a lunatic, you know. Yeah. All Trails is, so far for us, has been really good about listing how to get in contact with the landowners if you need to. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. People tend to shit all over All Trails. Um, We are not those people. We like it. Yeah, I do tend to dump on it a little bit. And but I also use it and I pay them the pro pro amount, whatever it is. And I do find it useful. And it's a fairly non-toxic way to get um, up-to-date trail information. But of course, you have to be careful because, you know, you have to, I think it's the problem with All Trails is that people who aren't experienced hikers read it and it kind of gamifies the experience a little bit and then you end up going on a trail that somebody says this one's easy and you get there and it's a nightmare it's not easy at all but it's easy right. for that person who wrote who who's an experienced hiker and says this trail is easy but for somebody new it may not be easy at all and that's a that's one of the crowdsourcing that's one of the problems with crowdsourcing information is that uh, you're really reading anybody's input and it's you have to filter like is this really appropriate to what i need you know we find that too. It's like, is it is it moderate? Eh, depends yeah. on who you talk yeah. to. Moderate's got to be the hard one because, like, what's <laughs> moderate for you and me? It might be different from somebody else, right? Exactly. Exactly. In my own on my own website, I I categorize them by four different levels. I don't don't just do moderate, strenuous, and easy. I also have like the super hard ones because even within the hard ones, there's ones that are just really hard, and I think that's a distinction that needs to be made sometimes. So, what peaks would you put in that category? super hard hikes in the Cascos would be like going to Rocky. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's long, it's hard. It's, there's just, there's just no way around it. It's not, it's a big day to get out the Rocky, no matter what way you do it. Um, and if you do like a hike, it's just an absolutely amazing hike to do is to do slide mountain over to Cornell, over to Wittenberg and back as an out and back, or just do it as a, that's your favorite tumbles. <laughs> that's just the best. And it's got some of the best trail in the Catskills. And oh, you have a story? I have such PTSD from Wittenberg. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we need to go back. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. We did an episode on this, but do a quick recap. Because it's so st- so steep. Well, we did it. Was it the end of winter? Yes. All right. So it was the end of winter. We were switching back and forth between snowshoes and crampons right. and right. just our feet. 
and I was trying to get up Wittenberg and my stupid crampons wouldn't uh, cooperate. So I, I almost... wouldn't bite? What? It wouldn't bite into the ice or they wouldn't stay they, on your They feet? wouldn't stay on my feet. They oh, almost got okay. chucked off the mountain and someone would have gotten a real nice pair of crampons. But right. um, no, no, I, we did get up to the top, but after yeah. some tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. That mountain takes it out of me every time. I just came down it recently, mm-hmm. and I only came down it because I came from a different place. And even just coming down Wittenberg, it's like at the end of a hike, it's just it wrecks your legs coming down. You're that really hill. shocked how how steep it is. Yeah, like, I really right away. Did that. Like like you get out of the car if you're hiking that, you get out of the car and you're just immediately at work. It's like really hard. Yeah, that's right. And then you get to that head wall, and it looked like it was straight up. That I love that stuff. I love class fours, I love climbs, I love crags. So um, it was very, very challenging. Made me a bit nervous, but overall I was very, very happy that day. My hiking partner was not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want very similar, do white face up in the Adirondacks. It's very, very similar. Yeah, and that's an awesome hike. Okay. All right, so what has been your favorite and least favorite trail well first of all i'm assuming you've completed your 3500 yeah several times i'm sure at this point i'm working on my 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 seasonal list right so there's people who hike it in all four seasons all all the mountains in all four seasons so i'm kind of doing that but i'm holding it lightly but i'm I'm working toward that at the moment nice so lots of them have been up several times you know multiple mm -hmm. times and i know it probably depends on the season but what would you categorize as your favorite and least favorite uh, probably the hike from um, Wittenberg to Slide Mountain. It's just cr- so crazy. There's so many great bits in it. It's be- a whole of Wittenberg in winter is just amazingly beautiful. And the backside, Cornell is just also just one of my favorite mountains. It's so lovely to hike that mountain, even though there's not great views on it. There's one of the best views on the backside of it, uh, on the Slide Mountain side. It's one of the best views in the Catskills. It's so hard to get to. And then it's one of the best views. You see Slide Mountain from the side. It's just this amazing. It gives you the sense of the scale and the vast just size of the mountain. It's really amazing. And you can see Panther and Giant Ledge. And you can see this giant valley below. And it's just not that many people get to see it because it's so hard to get to. So that feels special, too. Hmm. And then the walk across the call, walking down the side of Cornell, and then across the call into uh, towards Slide Mountain, that whole area in there, all that trail was laid out by John Burroughs. Uh, he was just intimately loved that area and knew it really well. So he's the one who laid out the trail. And he just did a, such a great job because it passes by all these amazing um, giant rock formations and beautiful forests. And in the winter, it's like true winter wonderland down there, you know. And it's also in the summer, great camping down there, but it's just very difficult to get to. So that whole hike uh, is really... Um, super special i try to do it at least once a year it's really great awesome the worst hike i really i really (laughs) hate hiking i even hate even thinking about bear pen it's so fucking boring it's just such a boring mountain and people say no you gotta go in the right time of year it's like "Eh, there's a week when the flowers come out i'm like oh there's a week when it's good oh that's fantastic there's a week like (laughs) one week when there's in the spring i guess when the spring flowers come out it's really beautiful but it's, a, it's like snowmobile trails um, most of the way up. There's a short bushwhack section, but it's just any kind of, anytime I come across a road, like the old woods roads, I'm kind of bored personally. Uh, and a snowmobile trail also I find it very boring. It doesn't feel like I'm in nature. You know, a car came up here, this mountain's ruined, you know? And, uh, Agreed. 
So, so bare pan doesn't do it for me, and the views aren't great, and it doesn't feel. It's I think mostly deciduous woods, and I like the evergreen woods more. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Vlai has a little bit of uh, that action going on. It's got some nice gnarly birch trees and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I kind of Vlai is okay. But I recently, I found a way to do it. It really bugs me that I have to go do bare pan again three more times and Vlai three more times to get <laughs> my stupid, stupid <laughs> list. You know, yeah, I got to get that patch, man. So like, I got to hike these damn mountains more times but i recently found a way to do it which is i got um i recently started uh, uh running on the mountains i got myself a little running vest and mm-hmm. one of those lunatics that is running up in the mountains now that's awesome and it's so great because um you know it's just i'll be able to bang out those mountains really quickly <laughs> and not spend too much time on bear pen i don't know why anybody does bear- if you live near bear pen maybe and it's your exercise that's that's great but why would you hike that mountain when you could hike literally any other mountain? Like, why if you could hike Indian Head or Twin, why would you ever go to Bear Pen? I don't get it. <laughs> well, you you do because you're working on the list, and we right. as hikers are OCD, and right. you got to do the list. Need to write to whole, the organization tell them to take Bear Pen off. <laughs> what was that? We need to like write to the organization and tell them to take Bear Pen off the list. It's I have this theory dumb. that we could all go up there and, and with a, like a little spoon and just like over the millennia, just like spoon that mountain, uh, <laughs> move, remove the dirt and just put it somewhere else and like make that mountain like you know three thousand four hundred feet high or something, you know, and then like they'll, have, they'll be forced to take it off. Is my don't do that. I'm just being silly, but. Um, but yeah, but the running's been. What was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, thinking about what you're saying about these snowmobile trails, uh, Catterskill has a smattering of everything. Right, so that's if, true. If you want the snowmobile, if you want the the vertical climbs, if you want everything in between, do that one. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. I there's some great hikes over there. I have to do like I've done it from a couple of different angles, but I haven't been up the um, the really tricky. Um, I guess it must be the south face where Hurricane Ledge is. Like to go up that way. I haven't done it from that side, so that would be that's a fun one to do. It's got some nice climby bits on it. Which one did we do, Craig? I am I've lost track. I got a text. I apologize. It's most professional podcast ever. I literally got another text <laughs> Fine, and I completely see text. lost track of it's what the hell we're talking about. More important than us. No, Catterskill. That was the um, winter um, one. Yeah, we did we haven't done that one in a while. We did the falls. Um, and we went up to, to the hotel, not the hotel, Catterskill Peak. Okay. (laughs) This must've been in December because it was icy already. Yeah. Yes. Um, basically going up from, did you go from Platte Clove and go up around the long way around the back and then up the North side? Must've been it. Yeah. Um, That's how most people do it. That's how I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. You're immediately on snowmobile trails. Yeah. For about a mile. And then... Yes. Okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's very muddy. There's a ton of mud up there. Very muddy. Yes. Right. Okay. So there are a couple ways to do this. This is good to know. Yeah. And then you can also come over from the round top side, which apparently is really cool. That there's that, there's a couple of trailheads on the, on the Western side and you can come over that way. And that's a whole other bushwhack, nice bushwhack to do. Apparently full of bears, loads of bears up there. Apparently. We're going again. Crank is going again. (laughs) Yeah. I love seeing the bears. Um, I have been, we've been hiking together for almost five years and I have wanted to see a bear and it has not happened yet. I'm sure it'll happen at some point over the next me. I've only seen it once and I think it was last year 
it took me three or four years to see my first bear. And of course, I just saw him for like five or six seconds. It was so great. It was like an amazing, uh, amazing experience to see a bear. It's great. From a distance, I'm assuming, and he was probably heading in the other direction. Yeah, I know this classic, I had a classic bear interaction, I think, because I heard him in the in the bush and I figured, I figured it was a bear because it didn't sound like a deer, but it was making a lot of like noise, right? Like deer, you can kind of hear the hooves going. Mm-hmm. And yep. I couldn't hear anything except just trees being knocked aside. I'm like, oh shit, that's a bear. So I just cooled, cooled my, um, my pace a little bit. And then he just popped onto the trail ahead of me, but he was like a classic experience. He was just already running away. So all I saw was his butt and he was like, <laughs> Ran up the trail for a little bit and then ran off the trail up the hill. And, um, and it was just amazing. You know, it's one of those experiences where you kind of take all the details in, like time slows down. And, you know, you like really absorb a whole bunch of information about bears just from watching them move for like four seconds. You know? <laughs> that's exactly what I want. Sea tumbles, that's all I want. I don't want to battle a bear. I don't want to have to bang <laughs> the trekking poles. That's yeah, all yeah, I yeah. want. What like Sean that. just described would be perfect. Well, I, just, I was hoping that when we went to Yosemite, because I had this experience when I was there last in 2014, that right in the parking lot, cubs were climbing a tree. I'm like, this oh is great. God. There's so many people around. They're going to get scared quickly. This is what I was hoping for him. No, yeah. not a bear. Not one. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Plus also, <laughs> grizzlies out there, I would not, like, I would not enjoy seeing a grizzly i don't know how those hikers hike out there i don't know if that's uh that's ballsy well out in glacier they yeah. are always closing that the main trail um right going off going to the sun road where the visitor centers are always closing that one off because of grizzly action and yeah. actually about a week or maybe the week i was there um people were running away from them and other people who were watching from above were screaming at these people don't run because you see right. the grizzlies yeah. start flying after them right right no you're no not, bears you're not getting you're not getting away from a bear <laughs> no no yeah they are no joke but your experience is exactly what i want just enough to set off the adrenaline get a little bit of flight or fight going and then it's over that's all i want yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, have, I was lucky that day. I think I had my bear spray, my bear spray with me that day, which I don't carry all the time. But I, when I'm going to a place that's new or I haven't been a trail I haven't been to before, or I know it's a very quiet place, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to pack it more then. And I, I did take it out then. I was like carrying it for a minute or two before I put it put it away again, just in case. But it was nice to have it then at that moment. I have to say. Awesome. Not for sure. So you mentioned John Burroughs. We are also a history podcast, and we love talking about the history of these regions and the history of the trails. So this is a name that I have not heard of. I don't know if you have tumbles. Can you talk didn't, to didn't us? We walk, didn't we walk the Burroughs Trail a little bit? Probably. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about John Burroughs and how he fits into the cat skills story? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm not a historian, so I, I, I'm just talking about what I've picked up along the way, which isn't that much. But uh, he was an early naturalist. He was one of the first naturalists, along with John Muir and that kind of crew, okay. in the 1800s. And um, he basically is responsible for putting the Catskills on the map as a destination. Because uh, he wrote a whole bunch of essays and a whole bunch of books about the area. Because he grew up here. And he knew it intimately. He was moving around all all over the place. And he was particularly, um, that's why the Burroughs Range is called the Burroughs Range, is Wittenberg, Cornell, and Slide. Is, that's where he spent most of his time or had the best memories or whatever. So, And he wrote about that area extensively. And so 
and he became famous like presidents would come to meet him and stay with him and go hiking together and that kind of thing um and so was he another roosevelt crony yeah i think so i'm really talking off the top of my head but i think roosevelt came to hang for a little bit and uh, people like the luminaries of the day would would stop by so there was so burroughs was really uh you know hugely important to the area and then there were people like thomas cole who was a painter Yep. And there's a mountain here named after who painted like I think Catskill Falls and a lot of very famous um, Catskills scenery, paintings, landscapes that was part of the Hudson Valley River School of uh, Painting. And that uh, was very famous and influential for the day and, and dragged droves of people to the area, made it famous. And then there was the resorts, right? It was before even like the Catskills and the comedians in the 50s and the 60s. Before that, the Catskills was, was famous before that as like a resort place to go for people in New York City to get out of New York City. And uh, there was a whole bunch of hotels, um, really huge, enormous hotels built on the Catskills, um, like like 600 room kind of hotels. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they were super successful and put the area on the map as well as a destination. And then there was the sort of Catskills comedian, the hacky comedian era um in the 50s and 60s i guess uh and that only ended really because of the invention of air conditioning uh which meant that people didn't have to go to the hills yeah uh, and also the invention the widespread you know adoption of um airline travel so people could go elsewhere than the Catskills. they could get on they could go to like the bahamas or wherever uh, uh and uh so that kind of killed off the Catskills as a as a major destination um and then it's kind of been very quiet for a long time um, uh, until COVID times came along and really, I think jacked up hiking has been coming up as a thing to do for many, many years. It's been growing every year for the last 10 or 20 years, really seriously. And there's all kinds of articles in like Adirondack magazines and Catskill magazines and newspapers going back 10, 20, 30 years of people complaining. There's too many people on the mountains, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that kind of whiny tone that they take really has been going back a long time. But COVID really, really jacked that up, um, really accelerated the number of people that we have on our hills now, both in the Adirondacks, but especially in the Catskills, because it's so close so, to New so York close. City. Yeah, I think that, thinking about it, the only hotel that is still around from the era is Mohonk Mountain House. Right, right. But you know, I just put this list together of places to stay in the Catskills, and there's you know, Airbnb is huge now. And um, there's so many places tucked away in the Catskills, like really cool, great places to go stay. There are small places, big places, like multifamily kind of situations you get into. And um, there are just so many amazing homes in the Catskills that are just sitting empty that now they're, the Airbnb people are, are doing that uh, for the area now, too. Yeah, it's a great idea. And how problemat- I don't know how problematic that is because... Yeah, I know there's people who complain about it, but it's also bringing money and restaurant uh, goers and hikers and, you know, there's the tourism part of it that's also really important. And it's a, it's a interesting part of the infrastructure for all of that. Do you follow um, James Appleton or does he follow you? So 46 of 46? I, does, does that another podcast? Yeah. Yes. I think I know about it, but I'm not, I can't remember if I follow it or not. Okay, so you are the go-to Catskills guy. He would be one of the go-to Adirondacks guys. And when we had him on the podcast, we were talking about the same thing. Having people come to your region and spend money, because every time we go there to hike, we're always stopping at one of the restaurants um, or 
We, like we said, we got ice cream when we did the Devil's Path. So having people come to your region and drop dollars is yeah. a good problem to have. Yeah, I guess. And I know, I know there's some people who really uh, are upset by that influx of I know, out-of-towners or whatever. Um, I don't think the local businesses are upset by it, so I think that's good. And um, yeah, it, it, tourism has always been central to the Catskills. Uh, yes. I don't know how else, I don't know what the complaint really is. I mean, I can, well, see, I, I can see that there's, go ahead, an issue, yes, there's an issue as you are driving up. We were just about to say the same thing, so Tanner, I'll let you take it. Tannersville, okay. And you see the city folk playing along the side of the main road in the water, walking on the road, and it ticks, okay. it ticks us off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. that's like, I can see why people are pissed about that, but otherwise, spend your money. Yeah. And also, there's the whole, I mean, I know there's a, there's a, also, there's two categories of problems. One is what might be happening with the trails, and which, you know, is a whole topic, but there's the watering holes, right? There's like places like Peekamoose Blue Hole. Yes. And those places do really suffer serious consequences from, you know, people who aren't respectful of the area or respectful of nature or not knowing how to do it and just leaving trash behind and just trashing the situation. Or social media plays a big role there too, where, you know, if you start posting, this is why I don't post images of waterfalls too much or I don't look, I don't, I don't, I don't tell anyone where like, you know, watering holes are or secret spots. I don't do any of that because... Mm -hmm. Um, water holes in particular are just such a huge draw for people that if you put it on Instagram at all, that place is going to get destroyed. And so that is a thing to be sensitive about, all right? We, uh, so there... Peekamoose was our first. Peekamoose yes, was our right. first mountain that we ever did. And the DEC was there with their yeah. little kiosk. Right. Go ahead, Crank. <laughs> yes, what you were saying about that, and especially around, uh, like Thomas was saying, Tannersville, um, there was an article in the New York Times during COVID uh, that covered this. My town was part of that article, along with Tannersville and the Catterskills region. What would happen is, just like you were saying, Sean, people from the city, because the beaches were closed. So, right. again, we've talked about that on the podcast, how that was not a smart move on the part of governors. Because the beaches were closed people went to any watering hole they could and my town has a historic watering hole that ended up on tiktok and yeah. we were completely overrun so right. that i could see as a problem um and we were mentioned in the new york times along with the catskills as having that issue yeah 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 it's definitely a thing to be super careful about and, and how you how you know just being thoughtful about what we put online is really has a major major impact on on what can happen to a location it's true absolutely but yeah what you were saying tumbles about um the dec they they had their kiosk and that's where new york city gets its water water rondell so, creek is right there yeah so you have people from the city coming up and destroying their own water supply but on the flip side, if you drive through the region, it's really fascinating just driving through and looking at the Catskills region as a whole. Because you could tell by the building architecture, the way that uh, some of the buildings are painted. You say, oh, this particular area peaked in the 60s 
and now it's kind of, you can tell it's run down. This yeah. particular area peaked around the turn of the 20th century just by the architecture. Cool. It's really fascinating if you yeah. know what you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I want to look at that from, from now on. That's a great insight. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there are areas that are, we were just talking about overcrowding, but there are areas, despite all the hikers coming in and all the money coming in, that are very run down, very tired. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Is, the, is there a way to divert resources to those areas? Any, any comments on that aspect of the region? No, I don't think I should. I don't think I... It's one of those things where I don't know too much about it, so I probably shouldn't say anything about it. I don't, I don't have too much insight into that. Okay. I, I know there's places like Durham and East Durham that are just historically maybe not doing as well as other areas. Mm -hmm. and, and what to do about those kind of situations, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot like Osable Forks in the Adirondacks. Yes. You have Lake Placid, which is booming. And it's it, everyone knows Lake Placid, the Olympics, right. you know. But... 10 miles away, All Sable Forks was devastated this past February with flooding. And there they are trying to pick up the pieces and really there's no infrastructure there. Wow, right. Yeah, so I, I'm, sh I'm sure in, in these type of, uh, when they were s became state parks and you had people already living on, in the area, you have right. this everywhere where you have the very popular Tannersville Hunter area. Right. And then you have some place like you were saying, Durham, which needs the help. Right. Just driving through it, you can just see it's it's you know it, it. There's probably some great restaurants and places up there to stop in that we just don't know about. Even I don't know about. I've only been up to the northern Cascals because the lists drive so much of the traffic and the behavior and the locations yes. that it's um, it's a it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a problem that the lists are so prevalent on our minds to as, as a thing to complete when there's all these other wonderful places to go that are, are you know just really lovely hiking to do um but but not not in areas maybe that are as well served for sure what what's the town that we always go to the russian the russian brewery i forget it's right it's near panther it's near yeah. panther trailhead and it's i don't it's, remember it's either five miles down the road I keep forgetting the name, but it's the most awesome Russian brewery. Okay. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Just such yeah. good stuff. And they opened in February 2020. Was it, was oh it February God, or, or December okay. 2019? Right. It was literally right before a pandemic. But thank right. goodness they survived and we can yeah. drink more amazing beer. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing I'm definitely enjoying is like the West Club Brewery and places like that. There's a whole section of um, the Western Catskills that I don't know very well at all, but I'm hoping to do more. I'm going to do some camping out there in the, in the end of the summer and spend some time out there because there's places like Livingston Manor and Roscoe that are just amazing towns. I know they're full of great restaurants and places to go eat, and which is a huge part of hiking, as you know. It's like having a good notch yep. after the hike is just a huge deal. So, um, and I know there's great hikes out there because I've been out there hiking a little bit, but that's a whole area I need to explore way more. So you mentioned camping, which is a perfect segue for one of our last questions. Um, a lot of the shelters, one, I don't know where a lot of them are. The ones that I do know are kind of run down and not the greatest. It's not like the Appalachian Trail where the shelters are um, some of the highlights for certain areas. But what would you recommend for a really good overnight or multi-day Catskills experience? Obviously, Devil's Path. But right. what other spots? 
there's so many great spots. I, I love the lean-tos. Um, it really depends on how much isolation and, and solitude you're looking for. Um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so there's a really beautiful location um, called Echo, Echo Lake down off Platakill and, and Overlook Mountain on the backside of that. There's a bowl behind Overlook Mountain that's just it's so beautiful down there. There's a giant pond with a beaver pond in there, and it's really, really nice. It's fairly well known, I think, so it's not the place to go if you're looking for isolation, but it's an amazing, beautiful spot. And um, I, I need to hike more. I need to camp more. I'm not a big, I, I need, I'm not a huge, not hugely knowledgeable camper because I've only done it maybe a handful of times. So I'm still also exploring uh, the Catskills um, and also the Adirondacks. I just literally heard of some great places to go camping in the Adirondacks. And the whole other thing that's opened up to me recently is like car camping, which is a whole amazing thing that I just discovered, which mm -hmm. is you just throw your stuff in the back of the car, you park somewhere and you're in, you're outside in the wilderness, but like you don't have to lug your stuff eight miles into a place, which is a, a thing I've done. Like if you want isolation, the call between, um, Cornell and Slide Mountain is the place to go because uh, there's a and there is a lean-to there. there. Yes, there's a, I, I, is there a lean-to in there? I'm not sure. There's a I think so. Okay, but that's great. But there's there's a whole bunch of like um, primitive campsites down there in the call between. Cool. Oh, nice. And there's like seven or eight different amazing sites down there. And if you're there's no cell coverage. You really are isolated from the world down there. It's perfect. Um, best spot that we found for car camping. This is a really obvious one but the campground right smack dab in the middle of Devil's Path. When we did it, <laughs> we put one of our cars there with two coolers. Um, so at the end of the first half, we had wonderful yeah. amazingness waiting for us. Yeah, that's the how to do that. And yes. then it worked out because that night it downpoured and we had our cars there and we car camped for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how to do it. Yeah, plus I went to a car camping with a friend, and, and she had uh, her car kitted out, people who just camp in their car, mm -hmm. and just have, uh, that's a whole other thing, too, that uh, looks like a lot of fun. Awesome. All right, so we always like to end with um, a trail tale. So do you have, you already shared your bear experience. Is there another incident, either funny or um, kind of, interesting or a little bit scary that has happened to you on trail that you would like to share to close us out i did not do my homework for this but let me <laughs> let me say uh yeah one of the first hikes i ever went on was a winter hike i was going up blackhead mountain uh, uh mm -hmm. for the first time in oh my lousy, god lousy spikes like cheap <laughs> knockoff spikes not even the good spikes and that, i got them and it was the first time i'd worn them and they immediately started to they got fall apart. Like the links in them weren't soldered, so the links were just kind of opening up as I was walking. Yep. They were just oh, coming no. undone. So that was I had to repair them as I was going, and um, and I was going up. I went up the easy way. I went up the the way you go up between the two mountains, between Blackhead and oh. Black Dome. So it wasn't too bad. And I'm going up to the summit. I got to the call. I'm going up to the summit, and this couple is coming over at the top, and they're like, "Where are you going?" And it must have looked like someone who didn't know what they were doing because I had all the wrong gear and you know, I had a, <laughs> a stupid backpack on. And they're like, do you know what you're doing? Where are you going? I said, yeah, I'm going to go over the top and I'm going to go down the, the far side, the, the steep north side of the mountain. They're like, well, maybe rethink that. And there's a steep section not, not far below the summit. It's like really iced up. And once you get there, you'll see it and, 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 and think about what you're doing here, you know. And so I got there and I'm looking at it. I'm going, I think I can do it, you know. So it's like this, it's like maybe 20 feet pure ice slide that you have to go down on your butt. It's a butt slide. And if you don't stick the landing, you're in trouble, right? So... 
And I go, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. So, so I, I slide down and um, I stick the landing. I'm like, yeah, Superman, I can do this, right? So it's great. And then I'm, li- I'm literally like two minutes later walking along a really fat piece of trail. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how this happened, but I'm sliding off the mountain. Like I'm tobogganing down the side of the mountain. Oh my God. Feet, feet first. And um, I can see, I can see, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 feet uh, ahead of me where my feet are going. And then I can't see anything. So I know there's a drop off coming, right? And I'm like, oh man, these are my last seconds on this planet, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what a stupid way to die. So I, I just had the presence of mind to like spread out and just like carry this cascals. You can hang onto a tree. I just like got, yeah. I got myself caught in a tree on the way down. And then I very, um, very, very, the slowest slow motion I've ever done in my life, I turned around and made my way back up to the trail. So that was, that was definitely an eye-opening experience. And, um, and then I made it down off the mountain totally fine. And then I'm, there's a couple of little footbridges down there on the way down, on the way out near the, near the trailhead. I think I got very close to the trailhead. And, and both my legs uh, went into like severe cramp, like, you know, the back of your legs, like the tendons yep. and the back of your legs, like really just like cinched up really, really tight. And I was like, well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I survived death on the mountain. I'm going to die like 100 feet from my car. You know, that was, <laughs> so, so that was, I, but I, I got my shit together and I, I made it to the car and I was fine. But that was because I wasn't really strong and fit yet. So I, I just, my legs were just completely toast after doing a mountain that I really shouldn't have done. Oh, that's scary. When you mentioned yes. blackhead in the winter, I did yeah. blackhead, we did blackhead in the summer. Right. And we went up the north face. Yeah. And going up, and I, I forgot my shoes that day, and I was wearing my Teva sandals. You can go up te- with Tevas, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, but okay. anyway, <laughs> I, just the sheer rock face to go up, yeah. I said, I wouldn't want to come down this. And Blackhead is one of the peaks that you have to do twice because a that's a winter peak, too. Yeah, so you have to do it. But maybe maybe if you're new to this, maybe leave it more. Don't have it be your third or fourth hike, you know? Exactly. Actually, I just I just did it. I've done it a couple of times since. And I went up that way several times up the north side. And I thought I was imagining how steep it is up there. Like, I thought I was, like, exaggerating in my own mind, my grand adventure. And I got up to the part where I fell. And I was like, oh, shit, that really is incredibly. It's just, like, it's not even 45 degrees. It must be 60 degrees up there. Like, it's really, really oh my steep gosh. up there. And that's the part where I went down. But on the other hand, I just yeah. trail ran that. That was my first trail run. I just oh. trail ran up that mountain, which is, I mean, it's not like I ran all the way up, but like it's just the change that, that hiking has made in me and, and affected in my body is just crazy. When I'm like running, that's the mountain I ran up. And that's like one of the first mountains I hiked. And now I'm running these things. So that's a huge, Congratulations. Not, not a thing I ever would have expected yep. to say out loud, but like that's, what, that's where I'm at right now. Fantastic. Good for you. That's great. Thank you. So how many how many years total have you been on this journey with the Catskills? Um, since 2019, seriously. Since so 2018, three. but okay. since I really got into 2019. So it's like three or four years now at this point. Amazing. And That's impressive. That's what, very impressive. What are your goals I, for the winter or the new year? Do you have it? Yeah, I got to finish my winter list. I just, you know, I looked at the numbers and I, the summer is the, the, the season I hike in the least because it's got the most hikes I still have to redo for my seasonal uh, patch, right? So um, I've got a whole bunch of summer, every summer seems to go by and I don't make much progress on that list. So, but winter, I only have three or four more hikes to do in the winter to get that finished and get the winter patch. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to finishing that up. And, uh, and then I'm kind of chipping away at my 46 in a very kind of light 
I don't like to follow the list too intensely because then I feel like a spreadsheet is controlling my behavior, which is like yep. you know, I'm filling in these little boxes and I don't really want to go on that hike. I've been on hikes where I go, I don't want to be on this hike. Like I was on Hunter Mountain, which is a great mountain. It's a lovely mountain. But I was like, I'm only doing this to fill in some box in a spreadsheet. And I really could have gone to the Adirondacks today. And I really should have, I probably should, on that particular day, that's really what I should have done. And that was kind of an insight that I had that day was like, oh, lists can be great. They're a great introduction to hiking. It's a great handrail to follow for a little while. But um, they can also get in the way of just having a great time sometimes. I think that's where we are because we were really intense in doing um, the 35s. And we were so close, and then I got COVID, and we weren't able, like, literally, we would have finished um, on the last possible day, but I got COVID, we oh, couldn't man. do it. We yeah. haven't been back, we've been off doing other things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll get done, eventually. Yeah, right, right. I think that's healthy, and just, like, pick a hike that it's going to make you feel good to do that hike in some way, whether it's, like the challenge part of it or the scenic part of it or you're hanging with friends part of it, like whatever makes you feel good on that day is really what you want to be doing, I think. Agreed. Very and I, good advice. And I think that's a perfect spot to end. So, Sean, would you like to give, we already gave it, but would you like to uh, give your Instagram, your website, and any other uh, place where people can find you? I think Instagram is a good place. Uh, my, my Instagram is Total Catskills, which is nice and easy to remember. And my website where I do all my trail guides and a lot of hiking advice is mountainhiking.com. It's like mountain-hiking.com. So people can find all my good stuff there. Very easy. All very easy to remember. And we will put those in the show notes for everyone to check out. Sean, if you wouldn't mind just staying on after we close out. You bet. Thank thank you so much. Thank you both so much. It was super fun. It was so great. So great. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. As usual, follow us on all the social medias because we can't get enough. And they're all under our names, rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod on the gram. Same thing for the TikTok, same thing for the YouTube and the Patreon. And we're not on Facebook, but type us in anyway. I don't care. You know, we want to hear from you. Anyway, that's the episode. Ciao.